Hey, Smart Firefighting community. Welcome to a 10-part miniseries from the show floor from the Fire Rescue International Show, hosted by the International Association of Fire Chiefs in Kansas City. You will hear from entrepreneurs, fire chiefs, and thought leaders from across the fire service talking about challenges, change management, and the future of technology. So many good stories in this episode, and I hope you enjoy. You're on the show floor at FRI alongside Rory McCabe from DeGero. Rory, how you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Excited all around us today. Absolutely. Yeah, the energy here at FRI is electric. So for those of us that don't know anything about DeGero, I know that it has a unique history in terms of where it kind of came from, and then now it's kind of bridge application to public safety. Give me a little high level of uh, who, what, why DeGero. Yeah. No, we have an interesting background and, you know, it's one of those stories where sometimes you come out and have an intentional business and sometimes you get told what your business is. And that's where DeGiro comes in. So in 2008, they had a huge challenge for wanting to televise the torch run, uh, the Olympic torch run across Canada. And they were looking at microwave, satellite, uh, CCTV solutions, and, and nothing was going to be nimble enough. Nothing was going to be budgetarily conscious enough to make that enabled and our founder went through and figured out, you know, what if I just took all of the different telecom carriers in there and aggregated their data input, aggregated their data streams to make it possible for a stable enough connection to provide live stream video. And that was kind of the birth of of DeGiro. We were able to help do something for Canada, unite the country and showcase this one path across relay in their Olympic engagement. That pulled us into the broadcast space. And then after it was some other agencies and wanting to go into who they were, but got exposure to what we could do from a stability, resilience, and capable and, con- and expansive coverage connection across uh, multiple data inputs, we got asked, hey, we need this in public safety. We have some challenges in environments because we know that terrestrial fiber and even satellite aren't always a a one-hit solution. How can we take the best of all worlds and combine it and make a capability to provide us the data connectivity we need for mission-critical engagements? And the whole name of the game within public safety is redundancy, resiliency, and this idea of multiple data inputs is something that is so critical for public safety, especially when we're talking about first responders operating in the most extreme, rugged, uncertain conditions. And the most important foundational aspect of what public safety needs is communications. And so tell me about now how, like, how does DeGero work? What are the different data inputs that are being brought in that kind of helps create this redundancy, resiliency to streamline consistent communication? I mean, you know, it starts out fairly simply, right? It's going through and getting certifications from all of your domestic carriers, whatever country you might be in. In our instance, we talk about AT&T or FirstNet, T-Mobile, Verizon, making certain that our, our radio compatibility is going to function on, on every single bandwidth that they can provide. That's important. But then it's having your nimbleness of your Ethernet inject- injectors to be able to take in Leo, Geo, Mio satellite signals as well. So data in is easy. It's agnostic for us. It's just taking that approach of whatever's there, whatever's working is what we want to have pulled in. Now, this is where it comes down to the challenge, though. We know that networks breathe. We understand that satellite constellations 
have you know optical realignments. We know that the horizon can come in. So pulling that into a network of networks is really what makes Digiro different. It's blending all of those data connections into one IP connection. And it's also managing it. So all of the data is broken down to the packet level, fired across every single link, abiding by minimal thresholds for performance based upon the user's systems and needs and dynamically adjusting to the changes in each linkage as well. So if we see a constraint or a congestion on one flow or an outage on the uh, coming from another one, that data is being sent simultaneously across other ones, going back to our concentrator and sequence and tag to ensure that we have minimal to no packet loss. That's critical. So in your normal traditional approaches, with sticky links and some other bonded solutions, you see points of failure and, pack and higher packet loss when these linkages break or congestion happens. With ours, you have a dynamic interface that's constantly pulling back things back in to ensure that that information that you need is getting to you faster and with minimal degradation. And so that's a big deal when thinking about first responders where we have so many tasks at hand. And one thing that we don't want first responders to think about is, which network should I be on? Which Should I switch between T-Mobile to AT&T, Verizon to SACCOM? So it kind of elaborate on that a little bit more. So the yeah. dynamically adjusting, how is the system working? What does that mean for the first responder and the kind of the, the, out, the end goal, the output for the first responder? Yeah, and I'll give you an example. So recently we did an 880 mile drive test in Colorado in some of the most topographically challenged, unique weather condition areas that the country can throw at it. You know, I live in the Mile High State, uh, the Mile High City in, in, in the Rocky Mountain State. And I can tell you that connectivity is always going to be a problem, just the sheer physics of it alone. It is really challenging to think about, like you said, what carrier do am I going to have connectivity with? How does it, and, and a lot of the most, the best practices today have been, I'll fail over. I'll have one or two carriers enable, and if one's not there, I'll fail and I'll have a gap to the other one. But I might be sacrificing throughput in there. I might have an interchange of substantial data loss between the two of them. Or I might not have a functional enough of one network or the other. I don't need nor have the time to think about those things. I'm focused on my task at hand. The communications is a means to let me do my job. And that's what we saw when we drove through Colorado. We saw environments where the networks are dynamically changing, right? They have you know, a dip in the road here and one carrier would drop up, but other carrier would sustain. And then coming back out of the dip, the other carrier would go away completely. But if you have three carriers combining to make you one network, you don't have any experience change. You see your connectivity hold through and whatever it's required to you is going to be persistent. Now, I'm not trying to over or inflate that capability. If nothing exists, you can't create something out of nothing, right? So it's important that we know and are respectful of our domestic carriers and what and the hard work they've done to serve the mission critical uh, public safety community and how satellite is really enabling that backhaul into those areas that terrestrial coverage isn't a component or maybe needs to be a, is a, only a partial component. We're just trying to help everyone capitalize on the investments that they're already making, but not having a sacrifice of, well, I only use this 90% of the time and then 10% of the time I need this extra little fill-in or I need this extra bandwidth coming from these two signals in 30% of my territory. You shouldn't even have to think about that. You need something that just constantly provides you that one throughput access. So speak to me now about the Darley Ford Bronco project that you've been working on in terms of kind of what is the role and kind of elaborate on sort of the, the role of how DeGero fits in and, and kind of and maybe even speak to kind of the, 
the challenge is that wildland faces and kind of how this project is meant to serve as a solution to the wildland fire service communication challenges. So let's start with kind of be a fanboy, right? It is probably the coolest vehicle I've ever seen from an upfitter's perspective, right? Living in Colorado, spending a lot of time in the backcountry, a lot of traditional vehicles, they're really not built to go into those environments. And the, the tactics you've all taken to make and take such an incredible platform and elevate it to its next level is impressive alone, right? So now you've got a vehicle to get back into where you need to go, and that's absolutely important. But we know once you get there, it's, I have a job to do. I need the information coming back in, right? So I know you've partnered with uh, Kymeta and OneWeb and, and pulling in its LEO satellite capabilities. And then from our side, you have that carrier connection aggregation from Kymeta, from FirstNet, from T-Mobile uh, Heroes, from Verizon Priority, and pulling in whatever carrier connections and, and satellite connections are available to create that backhaul that's really needed. We are the aggregation of that. So our Gateway 211 system was chosen to go back into your system to help accommodate for people that need that resilience, need to turnkey solution to not think about what is or isn't there. It just works. Now, and we are proud to be a partner with Haifa. So we understand that this is one point of access and you're going to have to extend and run out. And knowing how search and rescues work in, in mountainside, in mountain country, that ability to say, okay, I've got this beacon. I have this life raft of connectivity. How do I take that and extend that even further? And that mesh partner that you chose from Haifa, taking our signal backhaul capabilities and extending that, you know, miles beyond its traditional reach, it's just something that we were so excited to be involved with. And, you know, we're happy to help be the conduit to create that resilient uh, data connection. It's a really important piece of the puzzle where you're helping can, you know, combine the kind of serving as sort of the, the interlink between the SATCOM, connecting all the LTE capabilities and creating that constant stream, which then ties into the Haifa mesh. And really the goal is with this Bronco is just to be able to allow having a platform that's built for the wildland that allows first responders to go places that maybe other platforms can't, while just having this constant stream of connectivity. And when I talk about the Bronco in certain ways, it's the ability to pull out your phone and to send a text message, the ability to pull out your phone and get a weather update. And then the other unique dynamic and maybe interested in your thoughts and what having all that connectivity do, having that connectivity and what that means in terms of what you can do with access to the cloud and in terms of being able to do things from to thinking about what you do from your home computer, having a steady access to connectivity, what does that mean when you're having access to edge computing, to cloud capabilities? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, whether it's edge computer, offline capable, you know, containerized applications for offline access, you know, and that could be that could be push to talk, that could be offline maps for where you're going, what you need to have access to, you know, pulling down GIS information from your drone, from your UAS system and providing it back out to everyone to understand where your fire lines could be. You know, we can think about just how important that is. But then we've also noted and seen a change and shift to the cloud. And actually just last week I was at APCO, we were talking about this with um, uh, Monica Million and Brett Whitney, and we were talking about the the need for that resilience. So we, we live in a, a world now where the systems that we rely upon so heavily had often been on-premise. And there's some security reasons in the past why we did that. But now, if we see what's happened in Hawaii and other different places, that you might have diversity of server space for on-premise within your own infrastructure, but that might not be enough. 
you might need to be able to tie back into something much more remote to that to ensure that you still have access to the information that you need because those sites can be compromised. And that's incredible to have the data throughput to get you back into that or to be able to have the edge compute capability for a lot of the a lot of the change applications that we've seen for the edge capability. So these CAD systems, these RMS systems are, are, are I'm coming through and saying, hey, you know what, in an offline environment or in a challenge environment, we need to take that compute and put that in the foreground to get you the information faster than you need. So it just, it's, it's that aspect of redundancy. That area is that you need to think about how do I plan for the worst case scenarios, right? And this is where the industry seems to be going. Well said, Rory. And to kind of close this out, any sort of um, final thoughts, comments, mic drop, you know, question or challenge that you have for the industry, whether it's the first responders or other entrepreneurs in the, in the industry? I mean, you know, I, I can never profess to be a person enough to have a full mic drop moment, but I'll say this. My thoughts on the Bronco is it's the first time I've seen multitude of technologies come together that are on the cutting edge to actually showcase what is possible. That it's not just different companies talking about their capabilities, it's a full tie into what you need from a cloud compute capability, satellite connectivity, cellular priorities and preemptions and everything else, and mesh networking technologies and everything else you need to be able to do your jobs. Like it's not just a guesswork of, of education, of a collaborative effort to say, we made something, we showed you what's possible, and now you can have the same opportunity you lend extended to your agency. And you know, for our world, that means saving time. And time is life, time is property, time is so important in this industry, and we're just happy to be a part of it. Rory, thanks for all the context and appreciate all the work that you and DeGero are doing. Thank you so much for listening to the Smart Firefighting Podcast today. If you enjoyed what you heard and got any value, please drop us a rating, leave us a comment or reach out to us on social media. Have a great day and together we can advance the future of smart firefighting.